This is Beyond Kink with Master Dion. I am your host, Master Dion. This unique podcast is a raw and unapologetic glance into the forbidden world of kink. We're here to defunct the misconceptions and to stimulate your curiosities around the kink lifestyle. We're going to hit you with harsh realities of the who and what of the kink world through powerful conversations and kinky fun. This podcast is for anyone from the curious newbie to the veteran keister to use this platform to express, grow, and play in this mysterious lifestyle. As always, keep it kinky. What up, kinksters? How y'all doing today? Thank you for joining us for episode 12. Episode 12, God, we're only in the double digits. I mean, I keep seeing all these episodes in two and three hundreds, and we're in the double digits. It's low double digits, but... You know, hopefully in year 21, we'll be at about 100 episodes. So, you know, let's let's keep pushing on. I'll be at a, a young age of 40 by that time. Maybe not. Uh, welcome. It's right now. It's a glorious sunny day. And um, hopefully when this podcast comes out, it will still be a sunny day. The forecast says it is. And this will also be just a few days before our our nice kinky weekend which will where em and i are going along with play to be and whoever else wants to join us will be attending um not one of our events but uh kink fetish ball it's a pretty big deal and uh we're going to be over there so i'll probably be wearing a beyond shirt so if you haven't met me don't you don't have to assume it's probably me if it's a black man with a shirt that says, or a sweater that says, Beyond Kink, it's probably me. If it's too hot, then I probably won't be wearing it. And I'll probably be wearing like a, I think I found a, um, almost like a Scarface type of, uh, button down shirt. Kind of in love with it. It's dope. So, I, uh, uh, we'll see, uh, what I wear that. But we call it a kinky weekend because we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to start off with the Friday going to an event where we were trying to look for an after party spot. You never know. Maybe last minute we'll find an after party spot for Friday, um, June 11th. But, um, if not, we have our main rooftop party on the 12th root, the kinky rooftop getaway where we're going to go and enjoy some unlimited drinks starting at 4 p.m. going all the way to 11.30. And then we got an after-hour spot. We finally picked up an after-hour spot. It's going to be one of the homies' little spots uh, that he's used to play, and we'll have that address out soon enough. Uh, so we're going to party 4 p.m. all the way to probably 4 a.m. It's going to be a long fucking night. Oh, partying, banging, and, you know, well... For me, it's no drugs. We had we had a nice little conversation about cocaine and and uh, just say no to drugs. <laughs> just say no to drugs and but have fun. I know none of y'all are listening to me on that, but for me, I I don't do drugs. And I was just I was educated that eh, marijuana isn't drugs or it's not drugs. It's Sort of drugs? I don't know. But is alcohol drugs? I think alcohol is a drug. Okay, so then this is a drug party. <laughs> We've got unlimited drugs that we're giving away, right? No, 
alcohol is a legal drug, sugar is a drug, coffee is a drug. So, you know, we, uh, we get to find um, our own happy, healthy, legal balance here. Okay, so it's not a drug party. It's, a, it's an alcohol unlimited party within reason. Right? Yes. Unlimited alcohol. All right. That means get your Ubers and your Lyfts lined up ahead of time. Please. There you go. Get the, get it lined up or walk your ass there. I don't know what else. Do something. Don't ride your bike. Okay. But you know, walk. get a designated driver. Uh, you know what? I got I got a little trauma for being a, a DD. Oh. Yeah, because I'm always the motherfucking DD because I don't drink. I was gonna say you don't drink or do drugs. So I'm of like, well, I don't want to drive everybody fuck home every time. People throwing up and shit. Luckily, they got an Uber now. Back in the day, back in the day when I remember, I remember when I was 14. So I was illegally driving. I got it. But one of the little homies had, he had a farm. Parents were going to be out of town. So there was a party and he had a Winnebago. And I was the only one that knew how to drive at 14. So I was literally driving around picking everybody up in the Winnebago <laughs> to go to this party. So that meant at the end of the night, I also lost my virginity that day, which, uh, oh, yeah, I was that's 14, another lost story. We'll have to hear about that later. But, um, I was driving and I had to literally, it was, I should have thought of this idea. I could have thought of Uber a long time ago because I, everybody piled up in the Winnebago and I had to drop fucking 14, 15 year old drunks at their house. So I was literally driving around all night. I was trying to, to willy it, not willy it, but what do you do when you do with the circles? What do you call them donuts? When you're yeah, I was trying to do donuts in a Winnebago. Donuts in a Winnebago? It was pretty insane. That's not a good idea. Yeah, um, but it was a huge party and on a farm. That tells you where I was at in Colorado. I'm not going to tell you the specific location, but I was in a fucking area that had farm. So, <laughs> so we, it, it was, I don't even know why I'm telling the story, but. Driving. It all had to be driving. A, so you, were, you were the, tra- you got trauma being the DD. Throughout my goddamn life. I've been the DD like for everything because I don't even know anybody else except for my brother that doesn't really drink. I mean, y'all keep claiming that you don't drink and then you have a glass of wine. I mean, compared to me, that's like saying, that's like saying I do anal, but I'm still virgin. You know, exactly. That's, is that a virgin still? (laughs) If you're doing anal, is it a virgin? In God's eyes. I, I, I don't believe so, though. The kids are claiming that these days. <laughs> okay, so if you're doing anal, I guess in God's eyes, you're still a virgin. That, so that's, I guess that's okay. I I don't agree, but I'm going to let it be what it is. That is not what today's about. <laughs> but, uh, let me do. Let me first introduce INM. Thank you for jumping in, INM. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me today. Glad to be here. Awesome. I'm glad you're here for the show. We have to, uh, we got a very, I don't know, difficult kind of touching show today. So just kind of before we jump into it, just kind of talk about some things that happened. But today's topic is mental health in the kink world. And I'm going to say it right now. So nobody fucking emails me or emails INM. We're not expert on um, experts on mental health. We're definitely not professionals. Definitely not experts. At least I'm not. I'm a professional, but not in the not, I mean, in, the, in, the, not in mental health. In mental health. Mental health, I'm not a professional. I've dealt with a lot of uh, mental health issues around me. Me too. And some might say I have a mental health. 
And I think I do. But. Well, I could say about we'll mental. The is, only so. thing I can say about mental health in me is um, I have had PTSD in my life for sure. And uh, I've had some depression as well that was clinically diagnosed. Clinically diagnosed. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, you know, we all have our little ups and downs. And I'm not talking about drugs still. All right. We all have our little ups and downs. So I, the reason why I wanted to jump on this subject before we get into the antidotes for, for today is that um, I mentioned earlier on another podcast, there was a guy that came up to me at one of my parties and was talking about he read one of my writings. And the writing was about uh, about how I had to deal with um, mental health from um, a previous partner. And it encouraged me to, we had already had this subject, but it encouraged me to kind of push up this day. We had been hesitating because we wanted to get a professional on, but the professionals that we were talking to didn't really have experience in the kink world. So we decided to just kind of give a basis of what of what we've experienced and things like that. And hopefully in the future, if there's um, something like that, we'll uh, something like a professional that already has affairs, then we will bring that on and talk about it at a later date. But before we jump into any of that shit, let's talk about what the hell happened last. This last week shit happened. As far as the world is concerned, we didn't do shit. It was, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Keep getting it mixed up with, with Labor Day, but it was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and as I said the last time, you know, thank you to all the veterans. We appreciate y'all for what y'all sacrificed. Part of it. Um, but we had to, each of us were doing family time, right? We sure were. So you tell us about your family time and I'll tell you about my disorganized, disorganized family time. Well, I'm really grateful. My youngest daughter came into town to celebrate her 18th birthday, which happens to be today, the day we're recording. So when it comes out next week, it'll be um, last week. But anyhow, she's in town for her birthday. Happy birthday! So um, all my kids are going to be adults as of today. <laughs> so yay, that's good news. And um, we had a, a family birthday party on Sunday evening for her with about 15 of us, which is the first time. I've been able to gather with that group since uh, COVID. And so it was nice to be with everybody. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So you you, you basically spent family time and a vanilla scene. Totally. Great. But finally out of the, the, what do you call it, adolescent age for your kids, huh? I I have no more kids that I'm legally responsible for. That is dope. That is it dope. Is. Now it doesn't mean the responsibility's gone because you know we well, you could we, cut them off. We could, but um, there's some things that have happened with my younger daughter that I'm not going to cut her off at this stage. So she's obviously nicer than me. No, I, I still haven't. My damn oldest. <laughs> she wants her today. Yeah, so, um, as far as I, as far as me, what what makes me the most happiest is when I have all my kids in one location. So, uh, 
I don't want you to mistake it. I only got four kids, but I don't, you know, people, uh, when I say all my kids and people might think I got like nine or 10 kids, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my four kids. I have spans from 28 all the way down to three. So it was just nice to have them all in the house for the whole weekend. We, the pool opened up. So was it, well, they were able to go swimming and, um, barbecue, kind of the traditional type of stuff. And, um, you know, arguments, um, fights, you know, this is a traditional, Family get together type of shit. Uh, we, we, the oldest daughter decided that she wanted to cook all the sides. And I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. Like, I don't like to change shit. Like, I got my favorite cigar bar. There's other cigar bars that have better cigars, better prices, but I still go to the same cigar bar. Um, when I eat my, the food, I only like certain things. Of course, the whole family's tired of it because I eat the same shit all the time. I order the same drink from Starbucks and I'll change up the cigars every once in a while, but I usually have a trend of smoking some of the same cigars. But my daughter wanted to, and so I'm used to my mother and I'm, mother, please make the potato salad. Please make the mac and cheese. But my daughter, my oldest daughter wanted to take the chance. And just like I've raised her, she wanted to, Change the formula so it was hers. So, you know, I, I applaud her for that. It didn't work out. I mean, it ain't the same potato salad. It ain't the same mac and cheese. I love you. And, uh, and I'm not talking shit, but it's just not the same as Nana's. Nana's potato salad, I, I don't care, is my favorite potato salad. I don't want no, I'll eat other potato salad, but nobody's going to be as good as my, my, my Nana's. So, but besides that, it was actually, I guess, a good weekend. I got to spray the grass to kill the grass so we can go zero scape. And the top layer of both my hands peeled off. Pretty nasty. You killed all the grass? You got to kill the grass if you want to do the zero scape. So I got no grass. Well, it's still dying, but I got to do that. I'm going to zero scape. Uh, you know, it's, this is not my choice, but this is, uh, if, if, if you don't know me, uh, you don't know that I made an agreement with the wifey. She's the CEO of the house and I'm the CEO of everything else. So when it's, when you have to go and do the grass, kill the grass, then you got to go out there. So I was, felt like a little slave out there doing my grass. And I don't mean the slave in the kink world. I'm talking about the old school black slave. Sitting there singing slave chronicles and shit like that. Were you singing while you were out there killing the cows? No, I wasn't. But I was sweating like a pig in hottie shit. I've already used that twice now. I know I got it. But I was sweating and and I was I was actually realizing that I was probably gonna lose layers of skin on my hand, but I couldn't stop because I had to get it done. And I know if I would have got the right gloves, I'd have been fine. But I was in the middle of it and and M, you know my determination. I'm going to get it to its done. <laughs> now, it was a squeeze. It was like a squeeze handle. And I have a lot of yard. And so I couldn't even close my hands because they were the muscles were so tired by the time I was done with it. And then I had to go get another one to go do it again. More. And then the fucking guy, they, they, it was it was a Home Depot. The employee at Home Depot. He, he didn't show me that there was a fucking electric one where I could have did it without a fucking wasting my, 
Your my squeezy muscles. muscles. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even <laughs> fucking jack off that night. My, my hands were hurting so bad. <laughs> what a tragedy. So I, I got the nice electric one, and I was able to spray it, get it all done. And I didn't have it all over my hand, and I was able to get it done. So that's it. Now, isn't that sound like an exciting story for fucking weekend? No. And uh, that's how pathetic it was that I had to do yard work. But you got to get it done. Whatever. So we painted some house, painted some shit in the house. I'm setting, um, but I did get to the neighbor to come over to help with, uh, what we're going to do as far as the podcast studio. Um, this is, I forgot to tell, um, super producer Julie, but we need to set up a, a time frame type of shit so they can see the development of the podcast. So what? Uh, so when we have our YouTube channel start up, you'll see where the, the podcast room started up and where it's going to finish that. So we're going to, we're going to go all out. You know, we're going to have titties on the wall. I mean, well, maybe not, but we're going to, um, make it really nice. Stay tuned for that. We also, for the first time this year, first time that my, I think my youngest, uh, I think it was my youngest. It was the first time he'd been to a Rockies game. We went to a Rockies game. And the Rockies game was fun. It started raining. And um, because, now, this is because I used to own a company that we had, we required to have ponchos for the employees. So we had a whole, we got 300 ponchos. So we all decided to come with ponchos because we knew it was going to rain. Well, we were the only people. So we were, we had these cheap tickets and, and little known to us, there was a fucking, um, it was like the young section. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, little, little did I know that everybody was partying with the, with the, uh, with this cheap ticket section. So we looked kind of crazy because we were the only ones wearing ponchos when it was raining. Now we were the smart one. But we were crazy looking because everybody else is still partying in the rain like it ain't shit. And we all ponchoed out. <laughs> and I also had my Beyond Kink shirt on or sweatshirt on. So I don't know if I was, it, it wasn't, it, I don't know if it was appropriate because I was with the family and I had a Beyond Kink shirt on. But, you know, I, I look crazy and cool at the same time. How about that? Mm, big shout outs to the young lady, your daughter that brought me my drink. It tastes like straight coffee and it's perfect. <laughs> so anyway, that's again. If you, if you, uh, even me that has fully dived into the kink world, you have to embrace the the vanilla life at some point, sometime. So I was there trying to enjoy it. Just uh, the kids didn't pay attention to the game, but it was just lovely to be at the park. We were on like the fucking. I think is there like eight levels too? I have no idea. Uh, I haven't been to the new stadium. We were like on the eighth and ninth level. Of the Field. Even though there's not that many levels at field, we'll wait the fuck out there. Oh, and the Rockies won. We didn't stay to the end, but kids enjoyed it. They got I, I think I bought I bought two beers, a soda, and a pretzel, and it came to like nine hundred dollars. It was outrageous. I was like, yeah, damn. You know, you can't buy the shit enough on the streets. We tried to buy some shit on the streets, but you know, the kids wanted well, they see that. Oh, a popcorn. It was like fifteen dollar popcorn. Fifteen dollars. Like, it was for outrageous. Popcorn? The beers were ten seventy five each. It was outrageous, but it was an experience. The kids loved it, I guess. And, and we'll probably do it again. Of course, the wifey said it was a great time. I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's always a great time when nobody's paying but me. But I guess it was fun. I mean, I'm not gonna complain. Well, I didn't get to go to the Rockies game, but my kids went to the game. 
So three of my kids, my youngest is in town and two of my kids live here. So my oldest didn't get to go, but my other three kids and spouses and uh, my one daughter's husband and her his twin brother and spouse went to the game. So they had a good time. I, I was just appreciative that I'd gotten to do a game night with them a few nights before. So the last time I did a game night, I got raided by the police. So it's a little trouble behind the word game night. Well, with my family, I didn't have that experience, so it's always good with me because I like to be around the kids. So, at least people got, and when we say in the baseball, it's the Rockies game, it's the Colorado Rockies. Out of, we're in Colorado, so um, if you're from another state, you're probably like, well, the Colorado Rockies suck. We know the Colorado Rockies suck, but it's a great, it's a fun stadium. It's a way to go to hang out. Eh, you know, we won the game, but it was literally the Rockies against the Rangers. I think they're like almost the two bottom teams. And the tickets were $7. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit there complaining about, about that, but whatever. Anyway, so let's dive into today and, and we're going to do all the delaying that we want to do, but it's time to really talk about what is a kind of sensitive topic in the community. I mean, I think it's a sensitive topic all the way around. Uh, uh, but in, in the community, it's something that um, e that you have to deal with on different occasions. And and when you're adding the elements of kink into it, I think it's a very hypersensitive type of situation where you have to know uh, one person or the other person has to understand and know their partner if they are dealing with the kind of a mental illness because it might be they might not have the, there's several reasons, might not have the capacity to say no to someone when you're going too far, or they um, might be doing it for alternative reasons, where it's not about pleasure, it's about numbness, or it's about something else. Uh, or it could be about a situation where they're, you're not understanding, they're just unstable for whatever reason, and you don't know how to deal with it. And the choice that you have to make and I'm saying you as if you're the same person or the person without mental illness, but I'm not, it, that's not the case. You could have a mental illness and both of y'all could have mental illness and that you need to, hopefully one of y'all can recognize it or mental health issues. I don't want to say mental illness, mental health issues. And then you both are have to recognize things to help with the situation and the dynamic dynamic that you're in. Um, we we went and looked up. We were talking about this heavily yet the other day, and because we didn't want to to make a I guess a mistake about what we classify as a mental health issue, as compared to what might just be uh, a disability or a development disorder or something like that. So we went and looked up the the inform the the basic um, definition for mental health, and as what we found it was a person's condition with regards to their psychological and emotional well-being. So when we talk about mental health, we're talking about things that are within those two realms. And that's why um, uh, INM had mentioned um, depression, because if uh, uh, I, I know a lot of us have dealt with it through our life. I know I have, um, you know, INM has spoke about she had. And so those are uh, mental health issues and and it just depends on where you're at at the time or in your life and and 
and we're not just talking about something that's more rare or 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 doesn't include trauma. We're, we're including trauma that had maybe created some issues. Now, we're not saying necessarily that previous trauma um, established that you have a mental health issue, but it could be a factor in PTSD. 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 And it could be a factor into many things of, about how you're touched, how what's triggered your triggers and things like that. It certainly affects your psychological and emotional well-being. Absolutely. So I wanted to make that clear of how we're talking about mental health today and uh, and how it affects what your what your dynamic is and how you're uh, entering the kink world. If you're the ones dealing with the mental health issue and if you're a person that maybe doesn't have or um, haven't been diagnosed or don't believe that you have a mental health issue and how you're dealing with, with, with mental health issues. Now, I, before we dive in, because we have, we, we've broken it down to there's professional diagnosis. So somebody has told you I've been diagnosed this way and how you deal with it and what you may suspect based off of their behaviors. Now, unless you are a professional in mental health, then your, your diagnosis is probably wrong. I mean, you can see the signals and stuff like that. You can make an educated guess, but let's not, I'm not going to assume and you should not assume that you know what the hell you're talking about unless you've went through those years of study and you have that certificate. So you may have recognized it from another person or something like that. And you may come to the conclusion that, that makes your decision the way it is. I'm not falling for that, but don't sit there and classify somebody when you, if you don't absolutely know for sure. And that is as a professional, you just don't know for sure. And I guarantee you, a professional will tell you the same thing. But before we kind of get into that, um, that there was that that writing that I was telling you about before. Oh man, it's pretty long, and it's, it was it was more about how I personally asked one one of my major questions that I asked somebody when they're into my lifestyle, and that question is, how is your mental health now? Some people may think that's rude or too forward, but when we're in this lifestyle, from what I've dealt with, like it's a very, very important question because I'm not, and for me, for me personally, it's not a hard no for somebody that has a mental health issue or instability or disorder or whatever way you want to term it. But let me, I'm going to read this, read my writing here and, um, it's titled, why one of my required questions for a new potential sub or slave is, how is your mental health? The reason why I have made it a required question isn't to just pry or be nosy. It's an important aspect that a master, dom, partner needs to know. Frankly, I think it could be a bit irresponsible to not ask this, this question for someone you're trying to incorporate into your life beyond a quickie or random hookup. In my experience, I have encountered several submissive slaves and kinksters who have experienced trauma or are dealing with a mental health situation. I know there are many people in and out of the lifestyle who have experienced trauma and mental health situations, but my personal experience has been brought to the forefront since I have been dealing with that, since I have been deeply involved in the lifestyle. 
So what does it mean for me to know if my potential slave or sub has mental health difficulty? It's not what you may think. I don't use it as a weapon. I don't have it as a deal breaker. I don't offer to help fix it. The reason why I feel it's important to know this information is to be better informed about how to deal with my potential slave or sub. I believe that if I'm serious about having her in my life, that I need to know the best way to interact with her, understand her triggers, avoid re-traumatization, or create a toxic environment for her. Now, I'm sure some people may ask me, why go through all the trouble? Well, I'm a naturally a protector and feel like I need to look beyond what may just the, be the surface or a facade or a shell of that person. If I want to own another person, I believe that I need to know them to a core and establish their trust through their vulnerabilities. Let me rewind a bit and explain my first experience with mental health from my former slave and how it was an eye opener for me and I and how I wasn't truly involved with my slave's life completely. So how could I consider myself a true master? The experience happened years ago when my former slave had a well-recognized but often unseen mental health disorder. I was there when she was going through the mental breakdown, and frankly, I was shook. I felt like she was pretending. And this is, I'm going to stop the story for a second, and this is the ignorance that I had at that time. Now back into the story. I felt like she was putting on a show, and I felt pissed off. What a misunderstanding. Once I knew she was going through this breakdown, I didn't know how to manage the situation or be the master that I told her she could rely on when my slave was, my, when my slave is ever in a dangerous situation. This was literally the first experience I had dealt with that I felt I was helpless and unprepared for. And she got checked into, a, into the hospital. I started to think, did I do this to her? Did I push her over the limit? Did my kinks and extreme play make her break. And these thoughts ran through my head for months until she recovered and explained to me that it has been a part of her life since she was young. Although I was relieved that it wasn't because of my ownership of her, I felt ashamed that I didn't know all about my slave or I didn't pay close enough attention to what she was telling me and her words are act. So back to the present. I start asking the question in critical and I say Asking this, the quest, this question is critical and research of your sub or slave or partner's mental illness is responsible so that you can be a positive factor in their lives. Also, if you know that you can't handle this disorder issue, situation or whatever, then it's, then it'll, then it'll be better to remove yourself at an early stage of, of consideration. It may hurt, but is a responsible thing. Otherwise, you'd be a predator. If you choose to ignore and use the sub or slave, one of the key beliefs, one of my key beliefs as a master is that I'm there to help my property be more valuable than before she was under my control. And that may not be an increase in material value, but in mental health and stability. Oh, and as and a major mistake would be trying to lump all mental health situations under one category. And handling it all the same way. That's lazy, that's laziness and irresponsible. 
as a dom, master, top, or however you identify. If you truly take this seriously, ask the question and learn about your sub, slave, or partner's illness, disorder, or situation. Then I believe you will have some of the best experience from that person. In my experience, if trust is established and they know judgment isn't going to be there, you can accomplish more. They'll have they'll have your back also. Lastly, I'm not, nor do I expect you as a dom, master, top, or a partner to be an expert in mental health detection or therapy. But I do believe that having some knowledge may help your dynamic more fulfilling, uh, more fulfilling for both parties, be more fulfilling for both parties. Leave the professional therapy to professionals. Now we just need more professional therapists, therapy who have experience with the kink world and alternative lifestyles. Cheers, Master's Two Cents. So what are your thoughts on that, Em? Oh, I'm very appreciative of the way you wrote that and um, the way you feel about mental health as a whole. It is a serious issue for many people and also... (laughs) We got the squeaky straw again. Um, uh, and it's also, it doesn't have to be so serious when we're open and honest and can work together in whatever our dynamic may be to, to find solutions and to help find balance and ways of coping day to day. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, when now just reading that again, I was, uh, I almost felt like it was somebody else writing that. I mean, it was really, uh, well done if I can tap myself or pat myself on the back. But, um, this is how passionate I am about it because, um, you know, even with my current situation, there's, there's trauma. There's, um, previous trauma from me to her and there's previous trauma from her, just her, uh, history. And we're trying to slowly work through it. Uh, uh, my goal for her is for me to be a better master than I used to be and to, to recognize her triggers and try not to to push those triggers. I mean, it's sometimes it feels like you're a blind person walking through a landmine. So, to, you know, like it since it's not all up there, you don't know exactly where to step and things like that. And if you think, if you think that you're a master of Dom and you think that, um, you happen to cater to your slave or sub in those kind of days when you're dealing with mental health is less Domish or something like that, then you're an idiot. You know, like you, it, it's, it's a person. You need to understand that person. If you're trying to build them up, you've got to understand them and not trigger them in type of ways that will set them back. You know, so, um, so I wanted to kind of get that story out and we have some really personal examples. I've already basically said mine through my story, but, um, I know I and M had, had also dealt with something that was a little differently and, before, uh, before we talk about the decisions that we made and that I wanted, I wanted you to speak about when, um, how the situation happened and how you got into it. So back in Santa Fe years ago, I was a pedicab driver. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a giant tricycle with a seat in the back. So if you've ever seen me, I got some skinny little legs. So it was a big deal for me to be doing. <laughs> In any case, I was a single woman out on the streets of Santa Fe, and so I wanted to make friends with as many people as possible out there so that I, people had my back and would be looking for me and um, be looking out for me. So one of the people that I met was a busker. He was a street musician, and he was brilliant. He um, 
A busker? A busker. What the hell is a busker? Street musician. Oh, okay. Made money on the street. All right. Um, and he, he, But he came from Boston Conservatory, so he had a very fine musical education, and he played the bass guitar, but he would play the melody lines on the bass. Anyway, we were friends for many months, and then it developed into something else. And he was um, he was quite a character. Whoa, 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 whoa. Something else. What does something else mean? Well, it started that he would bring me lunch and water, and then it became massages, oh. and then it became more than that, because my oh. legs would be real sore after a day of pedicabbing. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, I guess more than that word is is a secret, so we're not going to dive too much in that. <laughs> no, we're not going to go into the sexual aspect. Of oh, that. sexual. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't say it, but you did. I did. But anyway, um, and I became his band manager. Hmm. So we had this little thing going, and um, in a two-week period, he called me 2,031 times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and how did you times. know it was 2,031 times? He told me. He told you he had counted. He'd counted. 2,031. Call me back. Go All ahead. I knew is I couldn't turn on my phone without getting a thousand messages from him in like an instant. And like I was in complete overwhelm because I had four children. At the time, I had four jobs. I had my ex husband I was still dealing with. Plus the rest of my extended family. So I was like, how do I even deal with this? So hmm. I blocked the guy's number. Even though we were still friends and we still hung out. You still hung out and you blocked his number? I blocked his number and we still hung out. We were okay. still friends. I just couldn't have him calling me. Okay. All right. I'm listening. So then he decided to send me on a trip to Washington, D.C. to go collect one of his band members and bring him back to Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. So I go out to D.C., and that was when the hurricane in D.C. happened over Halloween time, and I got stuck in D.C. Okay. So this dude's trying to get a hold of us, either one of us. He couldn't call me because I'd already blocked him, so he tried the other guy a whole bunch of times. Mm. And when I got back to Santa Fe, because he hadn't been able to communicate with us, he'd lost his equilibrium. And he had shaved, he'd take an electric razor and he'd shaved a swath over each ear and a spot in the center of his forehead. He looked like Bozo the Clown in reverse. It was crazy. <laughs> and on top, of that, clown. on top of that, he had tattooed a big, huge, giant M on his hand. It covered the whole top of his hand. So you're saying a tattoo of your name on his hand? Yes. And I looked at him and I said, what on earth were you thinking? So I had him shave his head okay. so that he didn't look so ridiculous. Okay. And I asked him about the tattoo. He goes, it's okay. M means miracles and magic and mother. So he, I said, I said, because I had said, well, what happens if we're no longer together? And that's So time him. out. So at this point, you're still together with him. Yes. I know, a little crazy on my side. And <laughs> there were things that I very much enjoyed about him. He came over to my house uh, around that time for Thanksgiving, and he brought me three dozen tulips, okay. and he built a fireplace oh. outside in my yard. 
And if you would have looked, you would have thought this guy was a professional stonemason because the way he put the stones in this little fire pit outside, there were no gaps. Mm. It was brilliant. Anyway, he did things in, um, in extremes, we'll say. So after that second time of him flipping out with me, yes, I was like... And you were still with him. I was still with him. I looked at him and I said... Oh, well, we're going to go ahead and take care of that later. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I said to him, I said to him, um, if I was single and had no children, I might choose to take you on. But right now my plate is full. So if you flip out again, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And flipping out was calling to me and shaving his head. It was acting in a way that was far outside of normal or acceptable or a way that I could actually handle in my gotcha. life. Gotcha. So, the th- af- so I had given him a warning. Yeah. Basically. And if it happened again, I just couldn't do it. My mm-hmm. life was too full to have that kind of energy demand or drain in my life. I gotcha. So... The third time it happened, he called me 10 different, no, he called me 30 different times from 10 different phone numbers on one day. Damn. Yeah. And you wasn't answering his calls? No. So, okay, so is it all right to respond at this point? Go ahead. So that was the end. Okay. I cut him off. You cut him off. I changed my phone number. I had to change my phone number because I couldn't have this kind of craziness in my life. Now, now that you said this story out loud, do you see of any fault that you did? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> okay, I was like... I should have just said no away at the beginning, you know, after the 2031 calls. Okay, because... Let me... let me. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here, okay? Now... If my wifey was not answering my calls, why would I stop calling her? You know, like, I'm a, I want to tell, I'm, where the hell are you at? What's going on? So on and so forth. How deep was your relationship? Let's be honest now. How deep was your relationship at that point? Who was calling you? Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> See, <laughs> I really don't see what's know going to... on here is, is called, um, Plausible deniability. This is what uh, we're getting a little political no. from M, I and M. Come on. So, Come on, so, give us the truth here now. So I, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer. I knew he wasn't like my one of my number one partners in life, and I enjoyed having him around. So Did he think, was he, was he your number one? Or was, for him, were you his number one partner? We hadn't made any agreements. So I I really don't I I enjoy okay, so he was very extreme when it came to sex. We had a weekend one time where This is called deflection, but go ahead. This deflection for sure. I'll I'll own it. I'll own it. I don't know how to I don't know how to claim what we were or what he thought we were. Okay. So like you know what this is supposed to be a subject about mental health with turning now. I hear you describing that there's a potential uh, mental health issue with this person. And my 
my pushback is that you kept letting it go by continuing to be with the person. Agreed. You know? And 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 if if calling you two thousand times doesn't push you away, why would he change that? You see what I'm saying? I, I do see that. And 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 but so I, like you're enabling it a little I, bit. Except I blocked from being able to call me at that. Yeah, point. but you didn't break it off with him. I mean, okay, so what's 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 the point of blocking him if you're going to still be with him? Well, I was hoping that um, he would learn to communicate with me differently or to recognize that I had some boundaries. So after the second time, and obviously it hadn't been learned, was um, the dick that good? I mean, let's just be honest. Yes. The dick was good. Come and on, the dick will make you okay. do all I know this is a mental health issue. We're obviously, <laughs> the, the, the answer for all mental health is dick. Okay. So, no, I'm just playing. But, you know, I... I, I you didn't explain the story to me this way. <laughs> I mean, this is all new to me. I thought she was telling me that, you know, it was a whole way of, 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 of him just calling all these times and this compulsive, uh, obsessive type of situation. But we see some enabling there and we have to there be very careful There was definitely with that. some enabling and there was definitely some really, really great sex in there. I didn't tell you about the weekend, but. Yeah, it was yeah. a crazy hot weekend. Well, I, you know, like, so that is probably almost the entire wrong thing. I know it's hard. It's it's hard to sit there and tell somebody that you're having a good time with. You like being in their presence and stuff like that. Like, all right, I need to not be with you because you're at step. At least you eventually did it. But you know, like, sometimes when, in my experience, sometimes if you don't handle the situation early. They think that it's an okay situation. I agree. You know, and um, did you inform him? It was a him, right? Yeah. Did you inform him that uh, that um, you had blocked his number? Oh, yeah. I told it. I was completely honest with him every step of the way. <laughs> so, so he was just calling the block number just over and over again? Oh, no, no, no. After I blocked, then he would call me from other people's phones. Oh, okay. So, and you didn't think that... Uh, so I, I'm having a hard problem with this. If my, if I believe, not you, but if I believe you're my primary partner and I've sent you away to a whole nother state and there's a hurricane going on, uh, I would want to get a hold of my partner to make sure that it's still okay and everything. I mean, you think that was important? I didn't know he was trying to get a hold of me because he didn't have my blocked. phone number. He was blocked. And he was trying to get a hold of the other guy. So I didn't really realize his um, urgency around needing to know what was going on. Were you sleeping with the other guy? No. No. Okay. We're just, we're just trying to pull out the deep, dark secrets here. Well, I, you know. He wanted me to sleep with the other guy. He wanted the three of us to be a threesome and travel around the country doing music. Oh, you know. So you'd be the roadie? Yes. All right. The manager, manager. slash roadie? They'd uh, be carrying all the stuff. They, I'd be the manager. They'd be the roadies. Well, then, what's the what's the person that's having sex with all the? So it's a group. So Groupie. It's jack of all the uh, Okay, so you're everybody. They I wanted was, you to be there, everybody. Well, kind of. Sorry. He he definitely wanted. He had a fantasy of the three of us. Well, you know a, a, that is nowhere close to a story that we talk about <laughs> today. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. But I can see elements of. Uh, I mean, it depends on perspective you come from if you come from the perspective from him and he's worried about a hurricane and he's worried about 
this happening, that would I would call three million times if I if I knew that my partner was in a situation now because I'm trying to get a hold of my partner. And if the person that she would that you went to go pick up is not answering, what kind of thoughts am I going to have? I'm personally going to have thoughts that something's happening. That and, makes sense. And so that okay, I can so see. so I can understand the why. And the way he went about things and the way I went about things was wrong. And I could have definitely done better. Yeah. I mean, if you, I see, I say that you, you were, you recognize there was an issue. Yes. And the, if you want to say wrong, what exactly is wrong? I think when you recognize the issue and you didn't like it, uh, you have to make a determination if it's too much or if it's something I'm going to deal with. And you yeah. decided in other ways, other things were supplementing where I could just deal with it for now, but then I can't at this point and I can't deal with it anymore. So I, I understand where you come from. I don't know how to diagnose that. I don't know if there is a, if that is a, a concerned person or if it's just an obsessive person. He was definitely obsessive. Obsessively and concerned or just obsessive? I would say he was obsessive in lots of different ways. Did he ever show up at your house? Without your, I had fear of that, but and I did. do not believe he did. He did do very extreme things and was obsessed with me because he would ride his bicycle eighteen miles to come see me, and then eighteen miles back to go home. And going back, he had um, he had a fifteen hundred foot incline in elevation going back. So you think that that could be something disturbing or could it, he was in love? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to be devil's advocate on it. Like, this is, and the reason why actually this is an important conversation is that when you're trying, as people in the lifestyle are trying to identify things, is it something that's outside of your norm or is that something outside of the norm? You know, like, those are the kind of things that you have to think about. That's a great question. It was definitely outside of my norm. Yeah, you're not going to ride a bike 18 miles away, right? No. See what I mean? But. And. I appreciated that. He got in great shape and um, he looked way better um, after being <laughs> with me than before. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, keep reviewing it because you look great, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, so it, again, you know, there's, there's, it's about, I think it's about what you and your mind consider um, to be sane, quote unquote sane, to what somebody else might consider. He, he might think, Wow, that person over there is, is riding 30 miles. That's crazy. I'm only doing 18. You know, like we don't know exactly where that, you know, if that's crazy or not. Now, I'm in agreement with you. I'm not driving. I'm not riding a bike 18 miles for nobody unless they're giving me money. You know, maybe I'll ride my bike. I like riding my bike, though. So it's a little different story. You like money. I like money. Money can make me go many places. Uh, and it has. And would you ride 18 miles to anal fist somebody? Ooh. Oh, this is not, this conversation isn't about, about me. All it's right. not, let's not, let's not turn this around. <laughs> All right, let's get back to mental health. Anyway, he was, he was an interesting human being um, that I actually care for as a human and did things outside of what worked for me in my lifestyle. And I think that's important to, to state is that, there's, we tend to think just inherently that I would only go this far. So if somebody's outside that box, they must be something different. 
because we're only willing to go this far doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't mean that somebody could be is mentally unstable because you don't have you don't have the perspective all the time of what's going on in their mind and exactly what they're going through. Because, again, if I'm in his situation and there's a hurricane and both people are not responding, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call a million times and then I'm going to fly out there to make sure my partner's okay. You couldn't fly in or you couldn't fly into DC at that point. Well, whatever the case but, is, but I'm going to try I'm going to try my best to I, do what I, I need I understand. To do. And we were totally safe. We actually went to a spa over in Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, Virginia. Not, I'm not talking I, about I from it. your perspective. You I went know, to a spa and had sex with the guy. No, I, I didn't have sex. Okay. There was no sex with okay. this guy. Right. He he had a whole bunch of genital warts and I was not going to touch him with a 10-foot pole or somebody else. Oh else's. my god. Here we go. <laughs> So, <laughs> moving on, moving on. So, in 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 the way that we, you've established that in your mind that there was some mental issues for the situation. Correct? There were definitely mental issues, whether it was mental illness or not. He never went to get diagnosed, so I don't know. And so you ultimately walked away. I did. And this is where we're. we're this next subject is about the decisions you make when you have identified or you have, let's say, because you're not an expert, but you have identified in a way that, that you feel is a mental health issue that uh, how you were going to make that next decision. At the time, we'll talk about yours first, but you decided to walk away. After the, the warnings, then you decided to walk away. I did. After the third incident of... What I considered his freak out, um, I did walk away. It was just I couldn't handle it in my lifestyle. Absolutely. Whether it was mental illness or not, I'll never know. Yeah, but it was it, it was more extreme than you were. It was to more go. extreme mental health behavior than I could handle in my own life. And yeah. um, and in my situation, for a while, and um, I decided to deal with it. I decided to learn. I decided to see what the triggers were, things like that. And my current situation, I've decided to deal with it. Like it was too much the first time. And now I'm deciding to deal with it and talk through, even though we get loud sometimes, try to talk through and try to put some healthy uh, guidelines and, and even some barriers in there so that we don't kind of start sinking down the same route. So I try to make that, I got to make sure that the person's worth it. And then um, I try to deal with those situations. And and when you're making these decisions, and again, you have to be a little bit selfish. You have to understand that um, you're going to get yourself into a situation where you're dealing with somebody else's mental health issues or situation of concern. And you have to understand your mental health issues are stability. And is that going to work together in the long run? If you're, if, if, uh, if you're not, if there's too many times I see in, in kink relationship and vanilla relationships where people just kind of mash together and just toxic, just all the way around, yeah. just really angry or don't understand each other and they're fighting each other and, or they're not communicating with each other. And it's really, uh, really can turn into a disastrous type of thing where, um, it could, it could, just be toxic and bad. I, and those are the kind of things you have to sit there and, and I, I know there might be other decisions, but it's either to deal with it and that springs up a whole bunch of other ways to go about it to walking away 
and saying, okay, this is a hard limit for me. If somebody's dealing with um, a social order or, or previous trauma, what was, um, I was, um, I had a previous person that their um, disorder wasn't, um, I don't know, it's, it, when you're, what do you call it? What, yeah, a substance abuse. Mm. And the substance abuse is something that uh, this person, uh, I had, I didn't really know my mother's father, but only for a couple of years, but I was real young, but he had died of alcoholism. And so when I was dealing and my mother used to tell me, I'll never deal with the, that, um, that is an alcoholic. And she ended up dealing with a guy and the guy ended up, she ended up breaking him up with him. But years later, I mean, he, they, he was such a bad alcoholic that when he had to serve like two or three years in jail, because they found him, he wasn't actually driving, but he was passed out in his car. His car was veered on the side of the road, him passed out drunk in the car. And they ended up finding that he had all kinds of warrants and he ended up serving a few years. And he had kicked it when he was in there, but then got back out, started drinking again. So she eventually got rid of him and he ended up dying from alcoholism. He just drunk himself to death. I drank himself to death. And, um, so when I, when I encountered it, it was a person was already in rehab and had been sober, uh, for nine months at the time. And I don't like in this specific situation, because I've never drank, because I've never did drugs. I don't even know what to do, you know, like it's, I can only go by some of what you're telling me. I mean, uh, you don't have to worry about going around with me drinking. So, I mean, like, it seems like, you know, in theory, it seems like a great situation. I got a non-drinker and I'm, I'm trying to be sober. But, uh, something happened. Oh, uh, she was trying to help another person that was, uh, about to go off the edge or had went off the edge, which then triggered her. When she went to go help that person, it oh. triggered her. And, um, and there, there was nothing. I didn't know. I didn't have any idea of what to do. She actually uh, was basically gone for like a week or something like that. Like I had no communication with. Her. So it, it, it was a situation where I didn't even know. Came back. I was like, "What the fuck happened?" You know, what was going on? And and uh, it, it eventually ended up be the, the end of our relationship. But it was a. There's so many different situations, and where you when you're dealing with this type of stuff, where if um, I don't know if I could deal with that situation again. I don't know if I can go there and say, okay, uh, because I have absolutely zero experience. If you tell me that you're sober for the last 20 years, that's a different story. But if you, you know, if you're, I don't, and I don't know, it, maybe I'm, maybe that's not the story. I don't have no idea. But if you're, if you're just starting, I can't help you because I don't know what to do. I don't know what the, I'm not going to have alcohol around you. So it's not like I'm going to be, oh, I'm not going to drink in front of you. I'm never going to drink. And so I'm just like, well, I can't, I don't know if I can give all of me as a master to somebody that has um, a substance abuse problem because I don't even know how to deal with that shit. It's just never, it's never really been around me. So it, it makes it where I've, when I decide to walk away, there's certain things that a heart knows for me. You know, like I can't, if you're an, an addict, I don't know how to deal with that. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation where 
um, uh, I know, I know that I can't help you. It's not that you're, you you can't help yourself. I know I can't help you. So I'm not being a good master. If you don't know what, if I, if I can help you, have you established any of these like hard no's that you'll people and just in general, you know, mental health or, or, or anything like that? Um, I've dealt with addicts, be it alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a hard no in my inner circle as well. Mm. In your inner circle? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, it's tough because we're in the event production business, but you know, like, uh, it is, uh, I get it. You know, like if it's, if it's something that's, and it's an individual as you're in the kink world and we're not telling you to incorporate us. You may have that experience. You may be fine and everything when you're dealing with someone, maybe you were previously in a situation and you've learned how to, to move away from those habits or to control it or however it works, then maybe those are more acceptable people in your lives. But whatever it is, you know. It's, it's sometimes interesting and difficult to set really hard no's, especially with a family. Um, having children or other close relatives that have either substance or some kind of mental um, instability, sometimes there are exceptions to the rule in my world. All right. Well, in the, so just, well, just to get off subject a little bit, sometimes M goes off on another route just every <laughs> single episode. I think she does this on purpose because we're talking about mental health and the kink world, not necessarily about our kids. Well, I know, but they're like, we're talking about mental health in the kink world, but there's relationships where the rules sometimes are different. And, and their so, kids? What do you and mean? family? I don't know. Yeah. You mentioned kids with, and family. Yeah, with family. I mean, as a mother, I can't necessarily send my kids away. And I realize that's not kink world and not uh, how to deal with it within the kink world. But when I'm choosing things, I'm going to set some hard limits. Yeah, but when, I mean, we're, we're definitely not talking about family right now. We're, we're just for the people that are listening that this is not about how you deal with your kids or your family. Okay. We're talking about the people that you deal with in the kink world. So I don't, I don't want to confuse that conversation. Thank you. Um, uh, at the, I love her to death, but sometimes she goes off far left. And so we have to pull her back in so we can stay on subject. Um, now this next part is something that we had to really, uh, I and M and I had to really talk about and discuss and, and there is people, especially in the vanilla world. Um, uh, I think we had a little bit of experience that when we we're trying to, uh, get this last venue, we just got a new venue and the vanilla lady was talking about us putting her feet on the wall. I don't know what the fuck she was talking about, but. Yeah, it was fucking insane. She was like, uh, my friend told me that kinky people put their feet on the wall. I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, well, that's anyway. All. That's all. Yeah, I can't even answer that. But the question that I have for the, for y'all, and this is a lot to do with, I believe that vanilla people looking into our world, but is it a myth or a truth that people with, with some form of myth disorder turn to the kink world. Now, as a vanilla person, they can look at it and say, I can't believe somebody would do anal fisting. That's, there has to be something unstable about that person that would, that would engage in that and accept that type of thing. But so is it a myth or a truth? 
I mean, I personally think it's a myth. I think there's so many people just in general that have mental disorders. I mean, just the way we were raised. You're raised in, I mean, religion, fucking, the, yeah, the, the, the cell phones, you know, like, I mean, uh, I asked my, my 12 year old about, you know, like a, she was giving me a statement of fact or something like that. I'm like, where'd you find that out? She's like, well, it was on the internet. Like, uh, that's not really a statement of fact until you've, you've proven it. And like, so there's so many different things, but it tends to be the thought that you're in the lifestyle because you have a mental disorder. And, you know, I and M and I were talking and I was like, well, I can't tell you that I don't have previous trauma. And as far as me personally, because I said, as I told you in my story, I wanted to be a protector because I could not protect my mother from what she went through. So it does that does that mean that I got in there because of the mental disorder? I don't know. Maybe it was something to satisfy me. I wanted to be a protector now, so I want I'm in this. But I used to protect my sister. Ain't got nothing to do with. When she came into my college, I told every dude there, "Don't fuck with my sister. Are you fucking with me?" And uh, that you know, like it's just I became this protector. In and out of the lifestyle, but does that encourage it? Now, like I told you before, believe me or not, it's only been one situation where I felt like I had no control, and that's when I was on probation. So it, I wasn't raised as a lot of different black folks was, where they that we didn't wasn't instilled with the confidence, especially in my time. Now, the younger generation have definitely had more confidence in whether uh, in their skin color and stuff. But back then, when I was raised, I was raised in uh, with a, a father and a religious base that made you believe as a, a, a black man, especially, that you can do everything equal to anybody else or even better. So I've always had that confidence. So I, it wasn't like a, a inferior complex that I felt, at least that I've recognized, that I felt where I wanted to be a master now in this lifestyle. So I, I go to the protector type of thing or something like that. So maybe there's a mental disorder. Maybe not. I don't feel it, but I mean, there could be. I mean, M, how about you? What are you, what are your thoughts about as far as you and the kink world? It's a really good question. Is it a myth or truth that people come into the kink world because of a mental disorder of some kind? Um, I think I was pretty kinky long before I recognized or had pretty serious traumas in my life. So um, I would say that it's more of a myth than the truth. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it, will we ever know the truth of that? I, I don't think we'll ever know the truth. Are there people with mental illness and disorders in the kink world? Absolutely. Are there people with mental things? In every aspect of life, absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's just a general thing. I mean, yeah. it just there's people with mental disorders, and and again, if you go through from uh, for a more common mental disorder as depression to some more severe like uh, manic bipolar, right. like if you if you look at the whole spectrum of things, you can group probably most everybody. I mean, at least a majority of the world in that. In there, I know I would say. I mean, it's not facts, but I would say that. Well, and most people in 
our world have experienced some form of PTSD as a result of something. We do not know that. We, you can't, you we do not, sit there we and don't that. know that, but I've heard of all kinds of people and I've heard different and read different things through the years in more recent years where they're saying, well, most everyone has had some kind of PTSD and okay. who knows whether it's true or not. No, I, 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 well, I can't, I will not back up that statement because there's millions of kinksters and I have no idea. True that. Um, so let's, uh, let's be careful of our statements. Please. How to use faith trauma of our past um again just mentioned i think uh me watching my mother getting beat and me being a protector later in life i think i it it gives me value i guess i would say it gives me some value in the lifestyle of being a protector i feel i feel i don't know i feel bigger and when I mean bigger, I mean like from being a kid and couldn't do anything, I just feel bigger that I can protect. It makes me feel like, okay, you know, watch out. I mean, look, he's protecting her or protecting them. And, you know, you're going to have to deal with Master Dion. And I, I don't know, for some reason I like that. Like, Is it bigger or a sense of purpose? I say both? bigger as in like statuish, like I'm this bigger person over the whole it's a sense of purpose. It's all that in there, but I'm using the word bigger because you know, BBM 5.8, you know, I feel like a six foot five guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just about the pr- a bigger presence. Gotcha. When, when I walk into a room, if there's anybody that knows me, it's, oh, there's Master Dion and, and now that presence. And I don't know, it, it felt like I couldn't, when I, when I was a kid, I couldn't do anything. And I couldn't look to my older brother because he was, he didn't, didn't have any balls so i was like i can't do nothing now but i will do something when i so i think a place to feel normal and direct energies in in a satisfying way i think that's where i've used it personally in that kind of way um you know like have you experienced any of that where it's kind of helped Uh, i mean i don't even know if you have that kind of trauma that uh within the kink world that that you use the world for to help you satisfy that? I would say I've used it differently than that. Um, I would say that most of my life I spent pretty numb. And so using the kink world to begin to feel hmm. is something that I've definitely done. And I can feel in different ways. Um, is it an extreme sport where maybe um, I- I'm more of a uh, top than a bottom. So, um, what, what do I feel when I am flogging somebody or caning somebody? I have feelings that I haven't felt in other ways in my life. Um, um, you know, gangbang kind of stuff. Like I'm definitely feeling some things Mm. that I'm not going to feel in vanilla sex. Well, I think, uh, I just want to refer to the conversation we just had earlier with when we were talking about drugs outside and how that dopamine and how, you know, like we can go through just if you imagine going through daily life of vanilla sex, vanilla sex, you know, it's just not we're not getting that rush or that dopamine or that, you know, that feeling. And we want to we want to experience that in the lifestyle. And I'm assuming that people use that to 
they're numb for some other reason. I, I was just using it as an example, but there's some for other reasons where they are going to get that rush or that feeling or they, they can reduce that numbness yes. when they're doing something in the lifestyle that's just a little bit crazier than what a vanilla person might think. Yeah, even if it's sex as an exhibitionist and you're getting watched by other people. And that can give you an extra kind of feeling or rush in that do- dopamine thing. It doesn't have to be necessarily anything even extreme. And so it, it, we're only giving examples because of it, this could be an endless number of examples of why um, um, use kinks to face traumas of your past. We say past, maybe it's present, but, you know, sometimes just get away. You know, like getting away can be at a scene and I just don't even want to fucking think. I just want to be over there getting my ass whipped. And um, I don't even want to think about anything. I just want to be away from my job, my whatever. It's kind of, it could be used as a getaway type of situation. Absolutely. So, you know, like, what is that? Is that helping you? I don't know. But I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a situation where uh, we have experienced and used it in different ways to kind of deal with what we're dealing with in our lives or in our past and stuff like that. Um, so why are we here talking about this? Why are uh, why is Master Dion and I and M sitting there talking to you about this? Because I believe, and I think I and M feels the same way, is that we have to like self monitor ourselves, um, all of us in the kink world. Because as far as I know, there's a lack of mental health professionals that have experience with mental health and kink. And um, please prove us wrong, because these these are these are the type of things that. Uh, that would help us in in our lifestyles and and if they have an understanding if they're involved in kink it's even better because then it's not sitting there i've had some previous experience where somebody has gone to a therapist that ha- didn't have any experience in kink and all they could say was you got to get out of those situations how can somebody call themselves a master or how can you yourself a slave that's wrong and and not understanding the dynamic and it was just about a vanilla perspective from their from um their mindset in which in a couple of different cases made those people that um were considered slaves leave that therapist because they were just like they they don't understand me and kind of, so it, i think that sets them back because now you don't trust in the therapist now you, all right you don't have a clear understanding He's not forcing me in this situation. Or they're not forcing me in this situation. This is what I choose. I'm not asking you about my dynamic. I'm asking you about how I can be better in whatever situation it is. So that, that is a huge need, I think. I think that you're, I think that you're losing out when I'm talking to you. I'm talking about your medical health professionals. I think you're losing out on, on a clientele, a demographic where you could be making some good money. If you actually took the time and, and understand the experience, what people in the kink world and kinksters and how they feel. Um, I, I, um, I find that very, uh, disturbing that, that people haven't taken that time I and mean, it's deal with it. It's, it's part of, it's a part of today's life. I mean, as I'll talk about in another episode, it's in shows, it's in movies, it's un, it's everywhere. So deal with it. Learn, grow as a medical professional. I shouldn't say medical, a mental health professional. And 
and start helping us work through if there's trauma, there's trauma, there's mental health issues in all the world. Why are you skipping this community? And lastly, if you are a professional and you do have experience and you're listening to this episode, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I, uh, I am, uh, I got, I'm a kingster and I have this experience. If you have that experience as a mental health professional with contact us info at beyond-king.com. I would be more than happy to share your information, um, uh, with my audience and because I think there's a lack. And if you think that there isn't, uh, if, if you don't have enough clientele or if you're busy, then give some recommendations because those, we need, uh, more people in the lifestyle that understand us in the lifestyle, but can help us work through whatever trauma or whatever mental health issues that we have. Um, I, sorry, I got a little bit passionate there at the end. Um, uh, uh, INM, did you have any more to add to this until we move into story time? No, I think, I think it's just really important for our mental health professionals to recognize this community and to get educated on what the different dynamics, the roles of the different dynamics and how people operate within them. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, again, if you have any questions, questions at beyond-dash.com, um, send us your questions and concern. If you have any input on this, please send us um, that too. But you know what time it is. It's start to get ready. we got a very good story that's coming up. So, I and M, it's story time. Story time. It's story time. Well, hello, everybody. I'm going to read the story. I will start. Here it goes. I will start by saying I'm a 50-year-old female with three divorces under my belt. I don't regret any of them, even though they ended. My first, first husband and I played in the swingers scene for a while. I enjoyed that part of our relationship very much. Ultimately, due to other conflicts outside the bedroom, we divorced. The best result from that marriage was my daughter. During the seven years of that marriage, I cheated on him several times. I should have thought about my actions and what they meant, but I guess I wasn't ready to accept who I was or what I truly wanted out of a relationship. I was also very innocent to the kink lifestyles that were out there. I simply didn't know it existed. My second marriage, not officially on paper, was with a woman for 10 years. I do not identify as a lesbian. I believe love is love, and I fell in love with who I fell in love with. We dabbled in threesomes, sometimes male, female, female, or three females. I again cheated during this marriage as well. This relationship was very toxic and mentally abusive. I lost who I was as a person, lost by backbone as my opinions and thoughts were always wrong in her eyes. This marriage ended very ugly and it took me years to undo the abuse and start to find myself again. My third marriage was one I really shouldn't have gone through with. I latched on because I was broken from the pre previous marriage and lonely. As the years went by, this was the first relationship that I was faithful for the longest period of time, 11 years. This marriage was extremely vanilla, though. 
There was even a set routine and order of things in the bedroom, always the same. It was becoming clear to me that I wanted more sexually than he was willing to give me, as well as being afraid to voice some of my desires and wants out of fear that he would think I was a slut or weird. The vanilla world, the term slut, has such a negative association that I shied away from it. It wasn't until a former friend talked about FetLife that I discovered this whole new world. I started realizing all that I was missing, and frankly, I wanted sexually as well as how bad I was communicating with my partner. Ultimately, we separated as I wanted much more from life and from my partner. So, I'm off my leash, so to speak. I'm exploring myself, my wants, my desires, and finding my voice. For most of my adult life, I have tried to conform to what most of society considers normal, meaning a monogamous lifestyle. I have failed every time, hence three divorces that I ultimately cheated on my partners. The relationships that I'm pursuing now are open relationships. I'm finding my voice and have told my potential partners that I'm not monogamous, nor do I want to be, and I do not expect them to be either. I have told my mother about the lifestyle that I want and that I'm pursuing. My daughter is now 25 years old. She and I are very close, so I have confided in her as well. They both thankfully support me, and I have a wonderful support system because of them. As well as joining and meeting the kick, kick group, Naughty Ladies, I am quickly forming a support system with them as well, which I believe is so important with this alternative lifestyle. Trust, honesty, respect, and communication are the foundation of the new life that I am embarking on. Better late than never, I guess. I have jumped in with both feet and, and am not looking back. I have accept, been accepted into this beautiful community with open arms. I have met some truly like-minded, fabulous people. I am so thankful for the new friends, family I have made, and can't wait to play more with you with more of you on this journey. I am currently in an open relationship with a sexy younger man. We have the same interests, wants, and desires. We are exploring this lifestyle together. Our communication has been flowing like a river. It feels wonderful and oh so natural. Thank you for listening to my story. Hey, the, the, I like that story. And the reason why I like that story is because of, um, it kind of gives you the, the real perspective from um, us seasoned people, like we, uh, from our youth, it, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, we didn't experience through like some of the younger generations. Like you don't know who you are for a while. And, and in her case, she uh, went through three, three different divorces before she could really accept who she was. And that's huge. If you, if you understand that, you know, especially this older generation, and I'm sure that some of the younger generation dealt with that too, but you know, like it took us a long time to really accept who we are, you know, like we want to get the traditional ways. I mean, granted, I'm not ever been married, but you know, you got the traditional ways of going to get married, being, trying to be monogamous, trying to do this life. 
and then it doesn't work the first time, but then the, I got to do it again, and, and then I got to do it again. It's it's um it sucks that we had to go through that, but I think our experience is what helps younger generations. Saying that we don't like you're not gonna get the pressure from me, and I like I don't, I don't put the pressure on my daughter to get married. Like she's twenty eight. If you don't want to get married, or if she hasn't uh, found the right person yet, um, these are the life choices that you make in life. So I was, uh, I, it's always good to have those perspectives because I think that when people listen to that, they say, "Well, why?" Some of the younger, I don't want to sit there and generalize, but I think that some of the younger people might be like, "Well, why in the hell would you go that long until you kind of just went? Why did you even get married to two other times?" But you got to understand. That these pressures were on us when we were younger. Like, like we had to. There was there was no other way. Especially I think as a woman, as a woman, if you're over fifty or late over forty five, I mean, if you wasn't getting married, then who are you? Almost like in that kind of way, right? Pretty much. I mean, really, the only way sexuality was really accepted for most of us was get married and then you can have one partner for the rest of your life and that's who you have sex with. Mm -hmm. And that was the way. I mean, I really believe in my own heart that that's how it's been since America's inception, but that's mm. a whole nother conversation. Well, no, I mean, I think you're actually uh, right on track there. It's just, you know, like not only, um, I mean, think about her um, situation. I mean, she was cheating and those because she was cheating, she knew she was more than what a monogamous person would be in a marriage, but that think of that battle. Like you want to be this freak or quote unquote slut, but you've got the old school mentality in your head that's been beaten into you since you're a kid. And uh, like that's what you had to deal with. So I it it really did suck. It really you want to talk about some trauma from our from our past. That's trauma from our past. It, it, is, it is trauma because it, it really squashed who we were. And then to come to terms with ourselves. I mean, for me, I only had one marriage, but it was a 20-year marriage. Mm -hmm. And it was vanilla and monogamous. And I did not cheat because that's not my way personally. Even though I was freaky inside, I, I just shoved it down, you know, kept pushing yeah. it under the rug. Um, but to actually be able to come to terms with ourselves, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And, and, and again, it, it usually takes us, I mean, it was, her story was very interesting. It usually takes us some time. It does. To, and then, and then, you know, when your kids are grown, like she waited what, like a lot of us did, waited to, you know, we couldn't affect our kids' lives or in our, or something like that before we came out. So it, it, it's a very good story. And it tells you a lot to what, um, if you want to consider this older generation or seasoned generation had to go through to, <laughs> get uh to get to the point of where we wanted to be at like we had a lot to go through and we had to sacrifice hopefully the younger people are listening to that and understand that it doesn't have to be that way i know some of your families are pushing you that way and i'm not here encouraging not to be that way i'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way that you actually have a choice in life to be who you want to be. um uh so that kind of rounds us up there I, we appreciate y'all tuning in we uh it was a passionate but we wanted to be very careful we didn't want to step on too many landmines and Hopefully that you can kind of get the understanding of what the message we're trying to push through today. And um, I just wanted to thank um, uh, my little sidekick, <laughs> I am, who told me I'm, that I'm not her master. I was like, I'm not. I know I'm not your master. What are you talking about? But we get along ninety-two percent of it. So I mean, that's 
That's pretty good. Most people. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I usually <laughs> don't get along with anybody, so it's a pretty good percentage there. Um, coming up next week, we're going to talk about it, uh, the attempt to normalize how the internet and the mass media have really taken an effort to, um, I don't know, normalize this in, in type of ways where, I, I mean, it, it's helped me be a little bit more free, I guess. I mean, but it also tries to romanticize it too, which, but we'll have a little talk about that. There's some, uh, really good movies. If you haven't seen some of these movies, I'm sure most of y'all have, but you know, we'll talk about some of these different movies that, um, that surprise me at times and some that are like, I can't be bullshit, but it, we'll kind of go through that, um, next week. And again, sinister stories. Uh, I think we have enough stories for this, for this season, but we need more. I mean, we, we want to make this a weekly thing where we're telling more stories. And that's at your Y-O-U-R story, S-T-O-R-Y, one word, at beyond-key.com. I-N-M, do you have any last words? The only thing I want to say is we want your voice here, too. It's great for us to have these discussions and send us your stories. Absolutely. And if you are interested in coming in person, if you have a very interesting perspective or story, you know, hit us up. Um, that would probably be more at the info at beyond-kink.com. But we're open to having other people on the show. We're not trying to monopolize the whole thing. So if you want to be, a, if you have an interesting story, don't come in with no bullshit. But if you have an interesting perspective or story or, or input, you know, like, again, I am not claiming to be the expert of, of most of the stuff. I'm just going off of my years of experience and so is I am. So please hit us up. Let us know. And we'll be having a different format for this is, uh, episode number 12, we have one more episode for the first season, and then we'll go into a much different format for the quote-unquote next season. We'll take a couple of, couple of weeks break, but we still have next week, and then we'll return with um, a brand new studio and, uh, and uh, a more in-depth perspective. So please send us any information that you want us to have, and if you want to be on uh, the start of next season or the next series of episodes from from beyond kink with master dion as always kinksters keep it kinky peace shouts out to all the kinksters that tuned in this week to listen to another episode of beyond kink with master dion don't forget to like comment and hit that subscribe to stay connected with me master dion follow at beyond kink on instagram and all social media platforms as always keep it kinky